This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Mostly What God Does, written and narrated by today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie. Mostly What God Does is available now everywhere you get your audiobooks. Hello, listeners. Welcome to our April bonus episode. This is, of course, uh, the bonus episodes are the once a month phenomenon that we make use of to talk about movies that we just don't have space for in the normal schedule of the show. So I'm looking forward to talking about this one. And Sarah, at the risk of maybe spoiling things slightly, mm-hmm. I think you're really looking forward to talking about this one. I'm definitely really looking forward to talking about this one. It's a movie that I've recommended to a bunch of people already. It's a movie that I think more people should watch. And it's a movie that I'm just excited to talk about in general with you. So looking forward to it. Yeah. So, well, that that's at least one uh, vote for go see this immediately mm-hmm. uh, before the discussion has even started. But I guess we'd better introduce the, the film itself before we go any further and discuss it. We are talking, of course, about Showing Up. This is the latest film from Kelly Reichert, a director whose films are, in my opinion, only getting better as her career progresses. Mm-hmm. Um, this new film centers on another kind of artist, a sculptor named Lizzie, played by Michelle Williams, as she deals with the frustrations and distractions that seem to thwart her ability to focus on her art. And that's really about it. This is like a lot of Kelly Reichert films. It's not a narratively complex film. There's not a whole lot of incident. There's not a whole lot of, there, there's drama, but it's not the sort of histrionic drama that you, you might expect from uh, a lesser director and writer, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more kind of interested in quietly observing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, maybe we can start talking there, Sarah. Uh, I know, like we said, you you dig this film. You're looking forward to talking about it. Uh, what was it about this film that made such a strong impression on you? Because on the outside, it's a pretty quiet film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think it's its quietness and its kind of unassuming nature, which is the impression that I get from a lot of Kelly Reichert's work is that there's there's a studied observational quality to the way that she shoots and edits her movies. There's a lot of care but it's not stilted. It feels very naturalistic. And for me, what really grabbed me about this movie was its clear affection for its subject material while also understanding the pitfalls of living the life of an artist, either a full-time artist or someone who is literally just trying to make it kind of in between and in the cracks of everyday life. Um, I really love Michelle Williams's performance in this movie as Lizzie. She's under a lot of pressure. And I think that that means that she is really not living up to her best as a person in the week that we see her preparing for her show. She's petty. She's frustrated. She's stressed. There are a lot of additional things outside of her art practice that grabbing for her attention. Some of them are warranted and some of them are not. And yet she carries a lot of that stress and she takes on a lot of that responsibility. And I think I saw a lot of myself in her Mm. frustration. 
And I think also in her, it's not really a dissatisfaction, but there is a level of comparison between her and another more successful artist. And the look on her face when she sees someone that she admires who is doing much better than she is in the same field. It's a look that I recognize because I feel like I have felt the way that Michelle Williams looks sometimes. And it's a way that made me feel seen not in a gotcha way, not in a you should feel guilty for feeling this way, just in a it's hard out here <laughs> for people who have an art practice and that observational quality that Kelly Reichert brings to it, where she's she's just shining a light on this slice of life in an artist's enclave in Oregon, and she's not casting any judgment on it. She's not even trying to build a narrative out of it. There's really not much of a plot to speak of in this movie, but by nature of paying attention to the subject matter, I felt like she was valuing it in a way that it's subjects also value the practice and creation of art as well. So it kind of snuck up on me a little bit. I watched it. I enjoyed it. I thought, hmm, that was really good. It feels a little bit slight, but it feels really good. And then the more I thought about it, the more I realized like that slightness or that gentle touch feeling is kind of the point of the movie. And that made me love it all the more. And then I saw it a second time and realized, oh, no, I actually really love this movie. <laughs> it's likely, I think, most if not all Reichert films it's a grower mm -hmm. like it, it's it's one of those films like you you watch it and there's nothing outwardly going on it's not again like it doesn't stake its its strategy in trying to have a lot of narrative or dramatic fireworks it kind of just observes mm -hmm. and lets you discover your affection for it as you go along. Mm -hmm. Sort of like how the the way that Riker shows these artists practicing their art and just values the practice itself. It's just doing the thing mm -hmm. is what this film loves. There's multiple times throughout the film where we just cut away from whatever Lizzie is doing just to watch some of her students like making some textiles or dyeing fabric or like making a pot. And there's, we don't know who they are. They, they don't come up again. They, we don't get a good look at this, the art they're making. We don't spend a lot of time admiring what they're doing. The film doesn't even really try to make the argument that what they're making is necessarily good. Mm -hmm. It's just interested in they're making it. And that's, that's enough. Mm -hmm. And I really like how that how this movie leans into the enoughness of it like it's just like they're making art and it's good to make art for its own sake and whether or not it's any good or whether or not these arts end up being successful isn't the point as much mm -hmm. and i really appreciate that about it and i also appreciate how at the same time it's not naive about art it's not like oh it's enough to make art and so everything is roses all the time because it's very careful to show how lizzie does kind of get a little she's kind of got a little bit of envy or bile you know kind of when she sees this other person who is not only more successful than her but is also her landlady mm -hmm. and is kind of a thoughtless person at times mm -hmm. um like how 
she has this artistic success that Lizzie kind of wishes that she had, and it galls her a little bit. And the film is very open about that and doesn't try to romanticize it um, or make it out to be anything more than just like one artist kind of wishing they were as successful as another artist, which anybody who's done any sort of, not even artistic pursuit, anybody who's ever tried to do anything Mm -hmm. and has not been as successful at it as another person knows that feeling and can empathize with it. It's very, it's not necessarily good, but it's very human and understandable. And I like how the film just is honest about it. Yeah, there's always a bigger fish, to quote Kwai Yuan Jin, about this Kelly Reichardt movie. Yeah, I love that relationship between Lizzie and her landlord, Joe, who's played by Hong Chow, also very good in this movie. And I love that it's a very complicated relationship. It's not just the landlord and renter relationship. It's not even the we're peers as artists relationship. I think it's implied that the two are classmates, like in the same, they were in the same class at the art college that Lizzie now works at as an administrative assistant, essentially, when she's not doing her own art. And I think it's also crucial that the film makes it clear that both of these artists appreciate each other's art, too. We get a couple of exchanges where Lizzie is over in Joe's house, and she looks over and she notices that a sculpture that she had made in art school is still being displayed. And at at one point, Joe points out that something that Lizzie has done, like an artistic choice that she made, is something that she thinks is really cool. And I think some of the envy that stems from Lizzie's lot in life is she's seeing a lot of Joe's art on display. Joe is also working towards getting two shows set up at the same time. Like, again, she is technically a lot more successful because she's able to do that artwork full time where Lizzie is not. And we see Lizzie wandering around one of Joe's shows and looking up at the art. And you can tell that she's not just looking at it out of a sense of envy. She's looking at it out of a sense of, I'm envious because Joe is able to display this work in this specific space. But she also appreciates that artwork as well. It's not a, I'm better than her and therefore I should be more successful than she is. It's, she's really good. Why am I not getting that same level of recognition as well? And I think that kind of gets me to the art that Lizzie makes herself. She's a sculptor. She's making these um, ceramic like statues of girls in different like positions and in different like modes of movement, like a lot of jumping and a lot of like moving around. And there's kind of this kinetic quality to the work. It's also not really my style of work, but the movie, like it's, it's not a piece of art that I would have thought to appreciate, I think. But the movie teaches you how to look at it. The opening credit sequence is literally just shots of watercolor paintings of what will become these statues. And the camera spends a good amount of time on these paintings. And then when you recognize those paintings when they're in sculpture form, like you can see what the original thought was and then how it got brought into being and how it's shifted a little bit over time. And it kind of makes you study those sculptures a little bit more. This movie is very interested in process, but it's also very interested in the act of appreciation as well. Yeah, the it's a patient film, and I don't know. I I've talked on the show before about how it can be frustrating sometimes to watch movies about artists because 
the movie is either not interested in the artistic process or is dishonest about it. Hmm. And I liked, I think Reichert's big strength with this film is that she has the patience to just sort of observe an artist working and how that's often just they're listening to music while like tying uh, some wire around a thing. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's not like there's nothing sexy about it. It's not really interesting. It doesn't really, it's not this deep spiritual connection they have with tying this wire around a thingy. They're just tying the wire around it because that's the step they need to take in order for this sculpture to take shape. And I I really like that. I like uh, a film that is interested in just taking the time to observe and uh, to capture a, a little slice of something real. And I, I mean, that's kind of what all these artists are trying to do. They're trying to capture something. And uh, Reichert is in her own way doing the same thing. And the way that she's also able to weave uh human moments into it as well so it stays uh grounded in it, it, it's not just an abstracted piece about art it's about a specific individual who is making art and i think that's where the the interpersonal dynamics between lizzie and all sorts of people in her life come in mm -hmm. and that also is part of what makes the film so strong. Yeah, I think the core tension in this movie is it's about the process of creating art, the drive to create art without that romanticizing because it is hard work and then trying to be able to find the time and the space to be able to dedicate yourself to the practice of creating art and then also feeling the obligation to, you know, show up <laughs> for the other obligations that are pressing on you. And I think the other piece that I appreciate about the contrast between Joe and Lizzie is their complete opposite approaches to that sort of problem. Joe is willing to spend her time using art, like making art as work, whereas Lizzie feels those pressures and obligations from everybody else, but she also still feels that drive to create. And it engenders a little bit of bitterness, but I think it also makes us value the amount of time that she is able to spend just sitting in front of the camera, sculpting arms onto one of the statues that she's working on. And I think it also made me appreciate just the process of well, what are all of the administrative steps that you have to go through in order to be able to complete an artwork piece. We get a little bit of the, not really the politics, but the interpersonal relationships around the art college where Lizzie has to take her sculptures to the kiln in order to get fired. And if you don't show up on time, then you're probably going to get a bad space within that kiln. And so your artwork may not come out the way that you expect it to. And there's a lot of disappointment inherent in that. And I think what I appreciate is that that's something that is just a reality of the world that Lizzie lives in, but it's not the inciting incident, like having something turn out the way that you didn't expect it to be isn't, you know, a complete and total disaster. It's just one small thing that gets piled up on top of everything else. And it's related to the artwork, but it's also related to the fact that Lizzie wasn't able to get into the art school on time that day because she was dealing with something else. Like it's all interconnected and it's all complex, but it doesn't look complex from the outside. It feels effortless, at least the way that we're able to watch her go through this labor of 
creating and doing what she loves while also still having to negotiate the day-to-day as well. This episode is brought to you in part by Seattle's Union Gospel Mission. Over 13,000 people in the Seattle area are homeless. Kathy is one of many who found a new life through Seattle's Union Gospel Mission. Growing up, my dad and I didn't get along. I kept running away from home until one time I was assaulted. After that, I carried a lot of pain inside of me, and I was doing a lot of drugs. I became homeless. It's taken me almost 40 years to get the healing I needed. But all along, God was looking out for me. He led me to the mission, and the mission has helped me in all kinds of ways. I've learned how to set boundaries and say no. Now I'm looking forward to working for the mission. I want people to know there's hope out there. God can help you heal. And grace will lead me home. To hear more, volunteer, or donate, visit UGM.org. Have you have you seen uh, Jim Jarmusch's Patterson? I love Patterson. I, I was thinking about Patterson a lot while watching this film because that's another movie about an artist uh, who's juggling both their art and also kind of just the everyday demands of life mm-hmm. in Patterson. He's a, he's a bus driver um, who, who kind of just like has to do his writing while he's, you know, driving his route mm-hmm. and uh, the way that he has made um, not compromises, but has, has made arrangements with his living situation in order to make the creation of his art possible. And it reminded me a, a lot of how in this film, Lizzie also kind of, she's got obligations. She has a brother who has uh, difficulties. Mm-hmm. Um, she um, she has uh, an, a, a, an apartment that doesn't have hot water. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a, a cat who attacks birds that then she has to nurse back to health. Yes. Like all these things. And, and, what I liked about Reichert's approach to that is that they're not just distractions. Mm-hmm. They, they, I mean, they're in Lizzie's mind, they're kind of distractions, but also they're part of her life just as her art is. And the film makes time for those and shows how on some level, she understands that she must make time for them as well. That art isn't everything mm-hmm. that there are other things that, should be done even if they don't have to be done they should be and she does them and that i think is i i appreciated how again it doesn't romanticize the artistic life Mm -hmm. and it also is kind of a nice counterpoint to patterson in that um she's not necessarily happy with the way things are Mm -hmm. um Adam driver and patterson is very content with with his life Mm -hmm. lizzie is less content and yet she keeps doing it. She keeps plugging away and her art show does happen. And that's that's nice. It's it's nice to see uh, something that's very frank about her challenges without romanticizing on one hand or making it seem like a grand struggle on the other. Yeah. She's not making a living through her art. She's making a living through being an administrative assistant working for her mom at the (laughs) art college. So we just recorded an episode about, you know, difficult parental relationships with mothers. And so there's another connection between uh, episode 378 of Seeing and Believing in this one (laughs) as well. Um, 
And I think that adds some other like additional dimensions of like the expectations that somebody may have had for you as an artist, like either you're going to grow up and become a great artist and that is what you are supposed to do. Like I feel like that's something that gets romanticized in movies a lot is that stroke of genius or being recognized for the hard work that you've done or the like intense skill that you've had to cultivate in order Making to practice it, that essentially yeah exactly that means. and in this case it's not really about making it it's just about being able to you know show up like the title says where even making it isn't going to be the realistic goal i think most artists live a life that looks much more like lizzie's than they do like mozart's in amadeus and this movie isn't here to preach about that or to say like we should appreciate underappreciated artists more it's just about these are the different things that you have to negotiate in order to live a full life and it seems to me that even though lizzie herself seems frustrated with her lot in life she also has a good and full life at the same time and i get the sense too that she's under a lot of pressure and she's under a lot of stress in this one week and she's not that person all the time like she is that person because she is that character but this is her at her worst and the movie isn't going to villainize her for that it's just going to treat her as another character who's just going through a really particularly rough week i think also that perspective is literalized in the final sequence of the film which i really really like the note that this film ends on mm. and without spoiling too much it, it it literally does it takes a different perspective mm. it's not we were with lizzie for the entire film we kind of see things the way she sees them but then at the end of the film we pull away from her a little bit and we see the world from a different vantage point and i really loved that touch uh as a reminder that you know lizzie's artistic pursuits and the various difficulties uh are important but also they're there's a they're just one small part of an entire world and also when she kind of forgets all these these things kind of dragging her down and just focuses on hmm. on uh upward shall we say mm -hmm. um that kind of it's it's a shift for her as well the the film ends on a on a positive note and i and part of that is she stops worrying about how well the show's going whether ever somebody's going to eat all the cheese you know at the refreshments table and she she's just walking and looking up and that's that's good for her and i i, I really liked that ending yeah, it feels like kind of an unclenching. Not to say an that this is a stressful a movie because I didn't feel particularly stressed watching it. I, I knew that Lizzie was feeling that stress and that tension, but I think the movie is just far outside of that perspective that it wasn't too difficult to stay separate from her. And I think a lot of that comes into the way that the movie treats her other relationships with other people. Like we've talked about Lizzie and Joe, but there are a lot of other interactions with her mother and with her brother and then with just other people around the art college that she works at as well. And all of these people, again, they're not being romanticized, but 
I think you can kind of see the appeal in pursuing an artistic life just based on the community that Lizzie is a part of. Like, um, the Kiln Master is played by Andre Benjamin, Andre 3000. And he's great. He's the kind of person that I would want to, like, shoot hoops with while he's waiting for the kiln to finish cooling down. And the way that he kind of talks to some of the other students and gives them coaching on, like, well, what materials did you use for this art? Um there is that interest in process that the movie has, but I think a lot of these other characters have a very realistic interest in that process too, that made me feel as though the world outside of Lizzie is so much bigger than her own small perspective. And the movie doesn't really lose sight of that, even though Lizzie has up until a certain point too. I really like the the scene where Andre Benjamin's character is unloading the kiln. He's handing, you know, different pieces to different owners of those pieces and the way he does it he he cradles them with such care and he says here you go this is so wonderful like the the way that he makes that handoff isn't just handing it off it's bestowing upon them the fruits of their labor almost like mm-hmm. the the way that he delivers that line and the way that he physically moves these objects around i think speaks so much to who he is as a character and also just the the ethos that surrounds the creation of this art as as something to be treasured even if they're you know they're just they're just students just making a thing mm-hmm. um that's that's valuable and it has value to them and and the way that he's gentle with them and with their work i think is is really telling and um i don't know it's honestly kind of a, a very beautiful human moment mm-hmm. in a in a film that's kind of filled with a lot of those yeah it feels like the i haven't seen very many reichardt movies i need to catch up with more of her work but i like that ethos and i like that sense of gentleness that also feels very realistic at the same time too yeah it's it's grounded i don't know i i think the collaboration between her and jonathan raymond uh her her co-writer on Mm. most of her recent films i think has been maybe one of the more fruitful director screenwriter collaborations in current in, in current filmmaking. It's just, I think there there's a, a low stakes quality to these, these stories that, that Raymond and Riker write together that I think just jibes really well with, with her ability just to kind of be, be quiet, be gentle, um, observe the world and, and that's enough. And I, I, I don't know. I, I just really dig it. And I'm glad that she made another film that I got to see this year. Yeah, me too. Uh, listeners, that is our review of Showing Up. Obviously, we both really liked it. If you get a chance to check it out, it is in limited release currently. So if you're near a theater that is showing it, we definitely recommend checking it out. If you don't have that chance, when it makes its way to uh, on-demand and rental Definitely, you know, make an effort to try that out as well. It'll it'll be worth your time for sure. Absolutely. Um, but that'll do it for for this bonus episode of the show. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, as usual, you know, like you can email us or tweet us or hit us up on Letterboxd. We usually give you that whole spiel in the in the regular weekly episodes. I'm not going to do that here, but we appreciate you tuning in. And uh, yeah, hope you have a great month.